This is Sheffield Live. We're open for business life. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. If your business has financial challenges requiring professional insights and solutions, Begbie's Trainer can help. We provide advice designed to help people and companies deal successfully with debt and financial problems. And wherever possible, we will find the best solution that allows for active steps towards financial recovery. Begbie's Trainer is an independent business rescue and recovery specialist. We're committed to providing a rapid and responsive service based on in-depth experience, professionalism and independent specialist expertise. Contact our Sheffield office on 0114 285 9500 or visit begbiz-trainergroup.com. Good morning. It's just after nine o'clock on Friday, the 5th of February 2016. My name is Jamie Veach. I'm your presenter for the next hour for Sheffield Live's business and social enterprise programme, Business Live. We're broadcasting live on 93.2 FM and through our internet live stream at sheffieldlive.org. The show will also be available as a podcast later from the Sheffield Live website. In today's show, we're talking with Laura Bullock of Seven Hills Bakery on Sharavel Road, with Sam Chapman of The Flow, and with Angakara and Zach Ahmed of Learn, Create, Sell. Before we turn to our guests, a quick heads up. You can always get in touch with this programme if you want to comment on what's in the business and social enterprise news. All you need to do is email jamie at sheffieldlive.org or text 07904 272 200 or find us on Twitter at Sheffield Live. Find me on Twitter too, at Jamie Veach, because if you're starting or running a business or a social enterprise, if you're an employer, if you're self-employed, we're always keen to hear from you. And a quick heads up for some forthcoming events. Uh, First of all, the Social Enterprise Social is coming up on the 18th of February. It's become a go-to event for social enterprises here in the city. So you can find that very easily. Just look up Social Enterprise Social on Eventbrite, and you'll find it. Tickets are free. And friend of the show, Awesome Walls Sheffield, the Climbing Wall, are organising an event. Last year, Mark McGowan and Colin Gawley, two climbers, led a team of paraclimbers to summit the Eiger Mountain in Switzerland. Jay Owen, who's autistic, John Churcher, who has only 3% vision, and Alex Taylor, who has multiple sclerosis, took on the mountain to raise awareness of what can be achieved in adventure despite disability. Their journey was wrought with challenges and the team were required to constantly adapt and to innovate to ensure their success. So there's a profound tale to hear about human connection and determination, which might challenge your perception of disability and the limitations of mountaineering. And it's being hosted by Awesome Walls Sheffield. They've been interviewed on this programme a couple of times in the past. And you can go along to the event at Awesome Walls on the 24th of February at 7.30pm. All money raised is going to go to the cause, the Guide Dogs for the Blind Association. So if you're interested, call Awesome Walls on 0114-244-6622. So time now to turn to our first guest. And the Flow is part of a consortium of automotive companies, which is become a part of a £5.5 million project to trial driverless cars on UK roads. So I'm delighted to welcome Chief Innovation Officer of the Flow, Sam Chapman, to the studio. Sam, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us today. You've been on the show before. We, we interviewed you 
when we met up with you at a Business in China event last year, and we talked about expansion and looking at new markets. Now, this is an ex exceptionally exciting opportunity and project for the flow to be part of this driverless car project. Tell us a little bit more about it. Well, as far as we're concerned in the flow, we, we look at how vehicles move and the way that vehicles move are changing. So we have to explore what is coming new in the, in the future. And driverless cars are one such thing that are going to hit the roads. It may not be overnight everyone switches to a driverless car. However, the technology is changing and changing very rapidly. Um, already, new cars are being fitted with automatic braking, and the front-end collisions have dropped by about 60%. So there's an awful lot of changes that are already occurring in the industry. With this in mind, we have to stay abreast of the latest technologies and work with the best partners we can to make sure that we're ahead of the technology and able to, um, to adapt to the world, changing world around us. And this project puts you, and you're well known already for, for the cutting-edge nature of the flow, um, in partnership with some, some very well-known well businesses, Bosch, Jaguar, and so on. Yes, of course. I, I, Jaguar are very, um, very interesting. It's one of the big UK motor manufacturers, and there, there aren't many of those. Um, so it's very um, useful to work in that, that close industry in the UK, uh, with them, and also with the leading insurer, also with the leading transport research laboratory, also with Bosch, the leading sensors and electronics firm that supplies 40% of the sensors across the entire automotive market, that is looking to the future of how autonomous cars operate on the road. Indeed. So you, you, you mentioned Bosch, you mentioned Jaguar Land Rover, uh, transport research la laboratory as well, you've mentioned, and as leading insurer, that would be Direct Line Group as well. Of yes, course. that is yep. Direct Line, of course. Yeah, great. And the project itself is called Move UK. Yeah. And so it's going to accelerate this, this entry of, of, of automotive and driverless car technology to, to, to the, the UK market, increasing development, increasing testing of the technologies, and ultimately those technologies being tested, it brings down the cost presumably as well. Um, yeah. I mean, the main, the main challenges of that, it, traditionally in testing automotive features, you could put them in a, in a warehouse, um, put them on a wheel roller, they roll along forward, you can test a seatbelt in a certain way um, just by braking suddenly and so on. But when it comes to autonomous features, they have to experience a very wide variety of, of circumstances. Uh, will they stop for a child rolling, um, uh, going into the road on a skateboard? Will it recognise that as a difference from a child? Will there be... Um, uh, uh, will, what happens if a dog runs in front? What happens in various conditions, if it's snowy, raining, etc.? How do these features recognise the world around them, and can they always be reliable? But in order to test that, you need to test an awful lot more. So there are millions of miles that you need to drive on actual roads to be able to experience this. And in order to do that, for every new feature, is going to become very, very problematic. So in the project, we're putting together and using the type of data that we have, how vehicles move already, to create means to test and to build autonomous vehicles quicker and safer. So this builds on your strengths in terms of data and measurement, of course. And the project, as you, as you mentioned, is complex and complicated in terms of behaviour and how, how driverless cars would uh, be able to 
tell the difference, if you like, between different real-world scenarios and conditions. Part of the project includes testing in real-world conditions in Greenwich, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, we're working with the Royal Borough of Greenwich, uh, where there will be a number of vehicles uh, driving around in that environment, and they'll be gathering a tremendous amount of data in real time from a very large number of uh, sensors that have been added into these vehicles. They are production vehicles. We're not. It's not a specially modified vehicle. However, there is a lot of sensors packed into these vehicles deliberately to capture the information that's needed for driverless vehicle understanding, such that we can check the vision systems, check the systems of air scanning around, make sure that the um, ability to perceive the world around them is sufficient enough to make driverless cars safe on the roads. And so your part of this project is the, the technology that you've developed to, to, to measure and compare and analyse in terms of behaviour, the, the behaviour of drivers this cars, just in the same way as you've been able to measure behaviour of cars with drivers. Very much so. Um, but we're also looking at bringing it into the background of information because in anonymously with the data that we've collected, we can say what happens on a particular section of a road um, from all the vehicles that we've ever seen that have passed there before, which leads to driverless vehicles having an expectation for what normalised behaviour is and how far that may differ, which means that driverless cars can be made to make decisions that fit in better with how normal people drive, which means that they can fit in because driverless cars don't drive like humans. No. And if you sit in a driverless car and let it drive around, you're, you're, it, it can be unnerving. It is an experience to get used to because they do drive somewhat differently. They brake somewhat differently. Yeah. So having them more informed about the surrounding environment and how every other vehicle is driving in its, ba in its background nature can help to make those better fit into existing driving conditions and also make the technology more ad adoptable. Right, so this is incredibly exciting for the flow and you already are the telematics business that has the largest independent science research science team, I, I understand, is that yes, correct? Yes, that is. We have the largest team in the world and that's growing at the moment quite considerably as well. And earlier on this year, at the start of this year, we announced some news from the flow about rapid growth set for, for 2016 with increased demand for services from existing customers as well as, as new customers and accelerating your recruitment drive here in Sheffield and growing your technical workforce by about 50 percent in the first quarter of this year now that growth is 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 going well are you still recruiting we are still recruiting we are still actively looking for candidates in um, in a number of roles and um, particularly anything to do with the analyzing of spatial data is something that is very much needed for what we do. Of course we need mobile developers and we need platform engineers as well, so there's a whole range of different jobs that we're, we're looking for, but um, the numbers that we are needing are hard to find at the moment, so we are very keen to, to accept applicants at the moment. Right, so fantastic news for, for listeners with appropriate skills here in terms of development and data analysts and, um, who have the appropriate skills and experience that you're looking for. Are these uh, vacancies advertised on the Flow's website at the moment? Yes, they are advertised yeah. on the Flow's website. Brilliant. And 2015 saw you make a commitment to partner with a, a car service organisation in China as well, I understand. So. Yes, um, we are operating in, in China now, and um, it's, the Far East is a huge expansion market for us. I mean, when you consider the average in, large insurer in the UK has one, two, maybe three million customers at the largest, when you go to China, you can find them with 100 million. So for us to target an individual insurer to go work with, it's, it's 
fairly common sense that we would head towards that market just yes. because of the sheer size and scale of the operations that go on over there. So for us to partner in that region is, is hugely, hugely ambitious, but also hugely forward-looking and expands our company far quicker yet again. So this is a fantastic success story for Sheffield, a fantastic success story for the flow and a, and a, a business now getting a global reputation. Tips, advice for people who are where you were a few years ago when you founded the flow with, along with colleagues. What, what have you learned now? What do you know now that you wish you'd known when you started? Um, I think um, being very tough in negotiations. Um, what, the main thing is, is getting contracts that make sense, uh, make sense for a long-term strategy and long-term future. We have turned down more work than we've ever got. Um, the reason for doing that is to make sure that we're heading in the right direction, the right strategy. If, you, if you're a company that starts to accept everything that lands on your doorstep, I think you can very quickly diversify too much. And we are very specialised in what we do. And I think that specialism leads to expertise that no one else has and leads to a lot of demand. And I think that is where our key strengths come from. Right. So you need to have the confidence to actually be able to turn down work that isn't appropriate, that doesn't have a good fit with you. You need to be tough in neg- negotiations and you need to play to your strengths. Absolutely. Superb. Well, this project sounds like a absolutely fascinating project. It's a three-year project, I understand. Is it that is, right? yes. Yeah. And people will be able to find out more. I'm sure you'll be, you'll, you'll be keeping people informed through usual channels, yep. social media, websites, and so on. Of course, yeah. We always talk about these things on our, on our websites, our social media channels, and um, it's also going to be in wider news as well. Yeah, quite. And then, of course, if you're a developer, if you have the skills, the experience, the expertise in data analytics that you're looking for, it's worth looking at uh, the vacancies section of the Flow's website as well. Do you want to just give out the website address, Sam? It's www.theflow.com. Superb. Well, Sam Chapman, Chief Innovation Officer at The Flow, thanks ever so much for joining us today. No problem at all. You're listening to Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM. We'll have a quick track of music now. It's London Grammar, Wasting My Young Years. This is Sheffield Live. We're open for Business Live. This is Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and from SheffieldLive.org. Business Live is Sheffield Live's weekly business and social enterprise programme. And we've been joined earlier today by Sam Chapman of The Flow talking about their new project, part of the Move UK Consortium to trial driverless cars on UK roads. Now, next up, I'm joined in the studio by... Anger Kara and Zach Ahmed have learned Create Sell. Good morning, Anger and Zach. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing? All right, thank you. You? Good. 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 Thank, thank you. you very much for joining us today. So Learn, Create, Sell is a creative social enterprise supporting local people to learn new skills, to design and to create absolutely beautiful projects on a laser cutter. Fantastic mm-hmm. example of technology. It's a great platform. It teaches new skills. It works with a fantastic bunch of Sheffield-based creatives. And it's been developed by, by Anger and Zach. And, of course, you, you're also running your own businesses, social enterprises. Um, Zach's running Alfie, a Sheffield-based learning provider. And, Anger, you're, you're running Hantu Collective, uh, which is uh, well-known as a... As a positive and creative platform thank you so tell us first of all uh why you came together to work together to develop learn create self well 
when I, when we first started, I left university in Hallam and I was working on this and dissertation on experiential learning. So how do people learn from experiences? And that was something really important to me because I went all the way to a postgraduate level, but I never really understood, well, never really enjoyed the formal education setting and the academic way of life. And so I wanted to find an alternative way of learning, a way where you can experiment, where you can do things by hand, but at the same time get certificates and, and, and get, tr- get through the academic and the the same level of uh, education that you would get at, at, at an academic level. So what we've done is learn, create and sell. I've met Anga. Anga was one of the most creative people I knew in Sheffield. True hand to, they worked with a lot of organisations, a lot of people. And we've set up this programme called Learn, Create and Sell. And the programme focused mainly on how do people learn from experiences and what is the outcome of that program? The outcome is a way of ensuring that what you've learned you can put into practice. So we, it's a 10 weeks long program where through, with the support of really creative organisations and entrepreneurs, we take people through an, a phase and step guide and where they develop a product using a laser cutter, they package this product, we help them with a the costing, so once they cost this product, then we give them a retail outlet in the city centre, in the Winter Gardens. In and the pop-up shop. In the pop-up shop, shop yeah. in the Winter Gardens. So anything they sell, they keep. So that's, that's the way to validate what you've learned for those, rather than an exam at the end of, an, at, at the, end of the course. Well, it is validation, isn't it? Yeah. If people come and buy what, you, what you've made. Yeah, Fantastic. absolutely. Yes. yes. So, 10-week programme, people get the opportunity to use the laser cutter, they make something, they learn from people on the programme, but as you say, it's experiential learning. I mean, that's absolutely crucial, and learning by doing yeah. and making. And then out there, facing the real world consumer challenge, will it sell? And tell us, does it sell? Yeah, it does sell. Um, the first trial was when we run the first cohort, was it like two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Um, in the pop-up shop, we had it for two weeks. Um, yeah, one of the girls that made uh, this MDF cover with a living hinge, uh, kind of like laser cut thing in the middle that you're able to bend the MDF. Yes. Within two weeks, she sold about, how much, 400 or something like that? Sold 400. 400 pounds worth from the pop-up shop. That's amazing. It's really, really good. It's really good validation. It's a really good boost of self-confidence. Well, it is, because then somebody knows that they have a business, they have have created a a job for themselves, or they've created a business Mm -hmm. for themselves. So... And, of course, if you take a look at the, the website, mm. there, are, there are some beautiful, stunning f- f- photographic images of things that people have made on the mm. programme as well. So it must be really exciting for you, Anger, as well as for you, Zach, to see these things come to life. Yes, definitely. I think it's, it's, an, uh, it's an interesting kind of like a progression. So once the product is made and you, you test it in real life and then the, the online realm is, is almost it's, it's, it's a different ballgame altogether. You need to have good descriptions, you need to have good photography because everything's based on first impressions. So when you first see the product, 
how many seconds do you have to go whether I like it or not? Yes, that's true. That's t- that's a different type of validation mm. as well, mm. beyond the sort of physical seeing the product at the pop-up shop, mm. picking it up, having a look and being able to buy it and take it away instantly. Seeing it online on the website, as you say, it has to look stunning. It ha- the photography has to be good, and you've certainly achieved that with the website. It looks fan- fantastic. So, again, over the course of the 10 weeks, what sort of expertise are you bringing in? What sort of expertise do people have benefit of, of learning learning with? Um, each stage of the way, uh, we try and, as much as possible, bring experts. So from product development to marketing to branding. Um, in the last course, uh, a couple of months before Christmas, uh, one of my friends who, was, who runs a social agency in Barcelona was in Sheffield. Yes. And we happened to be running the course the day after he was he was here. I was like, hey, come down to the, come down to the studio. Come, yes. come talk to the learners. And he came and, and stayed for maybe like an hour or two hours and was really inspiring to the learners. And I think it's nice to be able to bring practitioners um, into the course and inspire the the learners to go, oh, maybe I can do it this way or maybe I can do it that way or maybe I can do it this other way. Yes. You know, like it's having a uh, direct... Uh, I think, able to question the experts straight away with any burning questions they have about their product or what they do or any questions about the field that they they are in. Excellent. And it's important to, I suppose, recognise and remind listeners as well that your business model is you exist as a social enterprise, yes, don't you? Yeah. So you're you're running a social enterprise wherein the money that is provided when people purchase a product, whether online, whether whether people buy at the pop-up shop, that goes to the designer. Mm-hmm. And so that allows them to further develop their skills yes. as well and uh, pay for the materials, make more products yeah. too. Now, what's been the most difficult part of getting this set up? Hmm. I'd, I'd say the most difficult part of getting this set up was resources and when we first started we, we didn't have a laser cutter no we didn't have a workshop and we, we had an idea of what we wanted to do something that was innovative and different and so it took us a long time to 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 find a base to find a workshop and uh, thanks to the help of CADS and, and, and other yes. organisations that we worked with in Sheffield. And we've got a work, and one of the best laser cutters, which we yes. are sponsored by Trotec, which is one of the best manufacturers of laser cutting. And and now that we've got the base and now that we've got the laser cutter, and we're seeing much more people come to us and say, I've, I've heard of you guys and I, I tend to do this at home. Is there any way I can make it bigger is there any way I can I can produce it faster or do it a little differently and that's where we we come in we, we sit with the people and we show them how they can tweak the product a little bit uh, and and so we're almost at that next stage where you've done something at home and you know you want to take it to another level you want to see whether it's commercial enough and and we we help you with the initial prototyping and and light manufacturing like really small batches 
and 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 that way it just creates a process where you can make something really quickly and and and, and it's a really good product and 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 it's always accurate because it's a machine that's doing it rather than by hand yes indeed now isn't it interesting how we, we talk about what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome but we, we we quickly move into how you've done that and you make it sound easy and sometimes some of the social enterprises and businesses that we interview on this program make overcoming these challenges very very easy but actually an awful lot of work has gone into making that happen as well absolutely yeah and well yeah a lot of work has gone into and 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 at first we had to test our idea a lot stuff didn't work and so the length of time that we did a program didn't work It, it was too short and and we realized it was too short and a few other things that just didn't didn't work and the, the machinery that we've used and certain materials that we've used were, were not great and the cost of certain products did not sell and so we, we've learned what the what what cost and what price we, we should be going out for certain products and and as much as the learners are learning we're also learning and as the programs do go on and 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 we're about to to develop the third the third cohort this year and and we'll we'll hopefully speak to you and about that and so we we we're starting in february february 22nd yeah, 22nd, yeah. yeah we we definitely that's something that we, we're looking forward to and we are currently in the recruitment stages so if you listen to this program and you like the idea of of this fantastic opportunity, this platform, this ten ten week experiential learning program, learn, create, sell. Then you can still apply. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of ways you can go onto our website, which is learncreatesell.com, or I'm sure you have Facebook. Yep. Find us on Facebook. Learn, create, and sell again. So if you have Facebook, you find Learn, Create, Sell on Facebook. You can check out the Learn, Create, Sell website, of course. That's, that's easy to find. And um, t- take a look there. And uh, you're on Twitter as well. Yes, Learn, Create, and Sell as well. Fantastic. And this project, of course, links with what you both do in other organisations as well. And, and we, mentioned, uh, we, we mentioned very briefly your, your other organisations. So Alfie, A-A-L-F. Why a Sheffield-based learning provider, which which you run, Zach, yeah. and uh, the Hantu Collective that, mm-hmm. that uh, Anger runs. So tell us a little bit about Alfie. Right, Alfie and um, started and it stands for anywhere, anyway, learning for you. So yes. the whole idea is to ensure that learning can be provided in any setting, and and it links back to this experiential learning model, and where. You people can learn by experimenting and doing things, and and the validation is different to a test or a certificate. We're actually accredited by NCFE, and we can provide up to a level three qualification. and And part of this course, the Learn, Create, and Sell course, you do get a nationally recognised qualification, and if that's something that you you were interested in, and but that's towards is is a byproduct of what we do. What we do is more about learning and and doing the learning by experimenting and through and people through your own experiences so and and basically learning through experiences that's that's what alfie stands for yes and learn create and sell is our main program yes and 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 we worked with hantu to develop that to develop which is yeah. a creative organization in sheffield and and hantu of course creative organization um well known now and uh, well you 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 introduced 
Zach, you, you introduced Anger at the start of, of, of this segment as one of the most creative people you've ever met. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and how are things going with Hantu? Yeah, it's good. I think it's it's a nice development because we, we've been going, and the inception was when I was maybe 16 or 17, yes. a long time ago. Um, and then over the years, it's been developing organically and evolving, de- kind of like depending on the situations, the circumstances, and the people that we work with. Yes. Um, well, yeah, it's really interesting because we're we're at a point where, you know, we've done a lot of projects, we're collaborating with a lot of people. Um, what we found is, is is a lot of people that have done awesome projects that we've, we've touched base with is always awesome offline, um, and it, sometimes a lot of that awesome energy doesn't translate well online. So I was thinking, hmm, okay, a lot of people have the same problem. Yeah. Let's create something to, to take that journey of, you know, awesome idea, awesome, you know, energy offline and take that online as well to continue the, the energy and spread it further and expand the reach. Superb. And so going back to Learn Create Cell, mm. you're seeing tangible outcomes yes. with people on the program learning experiential learning and then going and selling their their products selling in the winter gardens mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic uh, still opportunities yes. to be on the the new the third cohort the of the third program indeed. soon to start and if people want to find out more you mm-hmm. can do so at the learn create sell yes indeed. excellent superb well, thanks ever so much indeed for joining us on the programme. Zach Ahmed and Angakara talking about Learn, Create, Sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a look at the website, listeners, if you want to find out more. And, um, and, and you still have an opportunity to get involved. So, indeed. Zach, Anger, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and sheffieldlive.org. And a quick track of music now, Reverend and the Makers, heavyweight champion of the world. This is Sheffield Live. We're open for Business Live. This is Business Live on Sheffield Live with me, Jamie Veach. We're broadcasting on 93.2 FM and sheffieldlive.org. That was... Reverend and the Makers, heavyweight champion of the world. And in today's show already, we've heard from Sam Chapman, Chief Innovation Officer of The Flow, about their part in a new project to test driverless cars on UK roads. And we've heard from Angakara and Zach Ahmed talking about the Learn, Create, Sell project as well. Now, if you've just tuned in and you've missed those interviews, don't panic. You can catch the podcast of today's programme on the website later. But in the meantime, independent retailers, one in five Brits are shopping with independent retailers more than they did one year ago, rising to almost one in three for the 18 to 24 year old age group, according to new research. So earlier this week, I caught up with Laura Bullock of Thriving Independent Retailer, in Sharavel Road, Seven Hills Bakery, and we'll hear from Laura now. Laura, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining me today, and it's great to be here in the cafe at Seven Hills. And what a year you've had. 2015 <laughs> yeah. was a big year for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for wanting to speak to me as well. Um, it was a very big year. Uh, we moved premises in December 2014. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was the first full, full year uh, with the integrated space where now our bakery and greengrocers cafe uh, and shop uh, are all in one space so yeah <laughs> you moved in 2014 yeah. having been established further down Chavel Road mm-hmm. 
um, much bigger premises and taking on uh, that you've moved into much bigger premises and taking on a whole a whole new range of products in terms of greengrocers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to us, I mean, it is a big space, um, but because we previously had a bakery in the centre of town that was in a light industrial estate near Devonshire Green. Yes. Um, I think. Obviously, lots of people didn't ever see that, and so we were used to having a bit more room. Um, but yes, having it all in one space is very different. And we um, took over Sharamaro when Nikki decided to sell that. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it just seemed it's such an established business on Sharabelle Road um, that it seemed silly not to try and keep it on uh, and it's fun you know the way that we work we make everything by hand uh, we were already buying things from some of the suppliers uh, some fruits and vegetables and things to use in our products anyway so you had relationships with the yeah. suppliers at Nikki from from uh, Sharamaro yeah some that's for yeah, sure I mean we've yeah. learned we've you know we've we've made made more but yes sure we use uh, Sheffield organic growers already um, Hugh at Hazelhurst farm already um, we had relationships New, new bit with Sheffield honey and also pumpkin oil. Um, so there were a few that were on Lembas, yes. the dry things. We all, we bought, we buy lots of things from them. Um, so it was kind of easier maybe than it might have been if we were coming to something completely cold. Indeed, <laughs> and you'd established quite a. A, a big following in terms of customers yeah, uh, with, very lucky. With, with the shop before and yeah. I mean I can remember enjoying in, in, enjoying your products many people will have done from, from that uh, smaller shop but as you yeah. say you've now been able to bring the whole uh, the whole thing together yeah um, and I think people like Charaville has a lot of loyal customers that do their shop up and down the road you can, you can buy uh, you can do a complete shop here yes. if you so want and so uh, I think that we had a lot of customers that already went to Sharamaro but then obviously we had some that didn't wouldn't have come to us and vice versa so yeah it was a bit you know it was a bit of a challenge we knew that moving down the road even though it was only down the road would be a challenge to make people aware that we were there and remember we still do get people coming in being like I thought you'd shut down I've not found yeah. you <laughs> we're like, we didn't actually go anywhere we just moved down just the road moved. so yeah, yeah it's quite, it was quite hard to communicate that because I think people yeah I think uh, lots of people you know you know where you're going or you think you know where you're going and you don't even necessarily you know look around Quite. especially if you're in the car you just drive to a certain location get out do your shopping get back in and so it was a it took a while to build build back up yeah. it's great we have a lot of people yeah as I say very very loyal but there are lots of us on the road Wonderful. And as you say, then there, people are coming here and, and using other shops on Sharvar Road. Absolutely. Uh, whether that's, that's a specific trip down to Sharvar mm -hmm. Road or people in, 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 in homes and businesses all around you anyway. Yeah. And, and you work and collaborate with other businesses here on, we on the We do. Yeah, it's lovely. Like, um, you know, we all, we all get to know each other. And, yeah, we do some... Evening events with the guys at Stammer Boss, the yes. wine merchants, and also with Nikki Nikki at Porterbrook Deli. So we do monthly cheese bread wine uh, evenings, tastings, uh, and we buy products from both of them, especially to use as well. But we also use uh, the hardware shop and the other butchers, and John T buys some bread from us. And so, yeah, and Christian comes in from the fishmonger. So, yeah, like we're. 
it's a lovely community. Bunch. Yeah, I think we just really appreciate that we're all independents. We're all trying really hard to do the same thing, really, to keep this kind of vibe going. And people, you know, customers really always really appreciate it when you work together as well to see it's not, you know, competition can be a really good thing. Um, Indeed, but customers well. appreciate the collaboration as well and the fact Absolutely. that there are complementary businesses yeah. and some overlap between the businesses, but actually all working together it's brilliant yeah. and, and makes it a destination as well absolutely absolutely yeah. like yeah especially us guys like um i don't know we talk quite a lot about fermentation <laughs> on our evenings because yeah. it is amazing that even though you know you drink something you eat and you eat other things but actually the process of how they're made can be fairly similar um, and so you can get a bit geeky which <laughs> is quite nice fantastic I, I can imagine getting really geeky about sourdough bread absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah it's always nice to be asked questions that's oh. the, i guess that's the thing about we're always there when we do these events so yes you know we it's not only is it nice to eat everything and eat some things that you might not have or taste some things that you might not have had before but you can people can ask us questions as well because you know um, Barry and Jeff are really super knowledgeable about about their area yes. Nick and Nikki know a lot and have met a lot of producers of the cheeses they sell and then obviously it's me that I'm actually here and I can show people things or talk about things so yeah I think that's definitely definitely a pull Indeed. Uh, I hope it is anyway. Well, I think Barry is, is, is going to be on this programme in, in a few weeks' time. Oh, that's great. We met up last night and I was saying that you were coming in today. Excellent. And actually, I think he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, yeah. need to book him in. So yes. that'll be really nice. Oh, good stuff. Brilliant. And so in terms of how you got to where you are, yeah. um, open the shop further down the road, first yeah. of all. Now, there must be something, well, there is something absolutely wonderfully tactile about getting your hands in, in and kneading and, and making bread. I mean, that's going to resonate with so many of our listeners. It yeah. certainly resonates with me and my family. I know how great it is to make your yeah. own bread. And I can see the attraction <laughs> in making good quality bread that's mm. not full of horrible ingredients and mm. not full of far too much sugar and so much processed bread, isn't it? Yeah, well. yeah. And, and making just really nice nice bread. Now, was the original shop born out of a passion for baking, a passion <laughs> for bread, or how, how did it come to be? Yeah, well, um, I mean, definitely for, for, uh, from a passion for making food by hand in general, mm. I would say, to begin with, because um, it's myself... Um, and my business partner Matina and there was a third partner at first but he, he left uh, in a, after about a year um, but we all met at the School of Artisan Food in uh, Welbeck near Nottinghamshire yes. and so we went there to do the diploma course like, and we all went there most of the people there it was their second career or they were retraining yes. um, in, a, in another skill um, just really interested in making things by hand, in the provenance of food, in making sure that you know the ingredients are good. Um, and I guess for us especially, and which we strive very hard to keep up, is the consistency of the product. Because um, yes. you know bread, I think that's that's the hardest challenge um, day in day out. And if any home bakers will know that just as well, uh, to make things the same every time with a nice rise and a nice crust. And especially we try and make things, our breads look different and yes. appealing as well. Um, so we do a lot of hand molding. We don't use very many tins. Um, and so yeah, we just want to wanted and still want to produce the best things that we can possibly produce. And hopefully that means that it's 
an everyday product, which we think is really important. And obviously it's going to be more expensive than a mass-produced factory product because we don't work in those type of volumes. No, quite. Um, basically. And so, yeah, we try really hard to source nice ingredients to make things that we like. And that sounds a bit... Maybe a bit selfish, but that's kind of where it comes out of. It's like, what do I want to eat? Yes, um, is I think fundamental. Well, that to also successful food businesses. It is, isn't it? And that gives you so. the idea that I want to eat this, and I can't get it anywhere. Yeah, and so sure. Yeah, I want to make this. And interesting how you you met in terms of the School of Artisan mm-hmm. Food, and and has really been a resurgence as well. And absolutely. Yeah. You know, Knowing where food's from mm-hmm. and how it's made, um, food and drink as well. Yeah, and, I think and, so. And local Yorkshire and British produce, and, and, and uh, as, alongside independent shops mm-hmm. uh, as well, with um, with new research actually that we have mentioned at the start of today's program, talking about um, how independent shops are bucking the trend compared mm-hmm. with chains. Yeah. Um, so putting all this together into, into a business, it works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So... You and your, your business partners, you started up down the road. Yeah. Uh, you, um, um, it came, as you say, from, from the passion, the, the, the wanting to create uh, the food yourself, um, to know where things have come from. You took the opportunity to move down to, to the premises where you are now. You've been here for just over a year, a year and a bit. What's next, then? <laughs> What's next? There's always next. Um, I think there's still lot, like you know, things that we can iron out in here for sure. Um, I think we're going to work. Uh, well, I'm going to work with um, some of the guys that work in the shop and in the bakery. Want to? I think we can do better with the cafe food and refine it more and make make some more like bespoke items in house. Um, that you know, we try very hard to. I don't really want to rush no. things. I think like a. We've always gone on the slow growth model. See, see how things go. See what happens. And so I think you know we're established here now. People, you know, we're busy. Um, people know we're here. But I think I'd like to start doing breakfasts and more like bulk, like cooked food like that. Um, and also the evenings. I, I have a license for to open in the evenings. So we've started doing these collaborative events that I spoke about. Um, but also maybe to get in some other people and do some like pop up nights, bistro nights. It's certainly going to be working with Barry and Jeff. Um, we can use the space for tastings because we can fit quite a lot of people in. And so I'm trying to get a premises license. And we're south facing, so I should really be putting something outside. Yes. But you know, like anything, um, we don't have big backers behind us. We, no. we need to make some money, save some money. Yes. Try and spend it whenever we can and I'm really proud as well that we're going to also start I'm getting accredited to be a living wage employer Super. so yeah. that means I'm also going to do that uh, in line with the minimum wage, second minimum wage increase that's going yes. to come in in April I'm then going to step up to living wage so really pleased about that as well, that I can afford to do that Fantastic, and that's a great position to be in. To, yeah, to, to, really to, happy. to be in the business, running the business, and be able to create great, you know, yeah. to, cre- to create jobs that pay. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. I have an amazing staff team of staff, um, and try really hard to encourage people. You know, I've had people that have worked with me. Right, the first people we ever employed still work, still work for me. So, uh, try and encourage it as a career. And there is lots of different avenues to the to the 
to the jobs as well. Like, uh, ben, who's a fruit and veg buyer, he's just training to be a baker because he really wanted to do that. So it's really fun if, that people can see. And that's another benefit of us being in one space is yes. the staff also know that when you're saying, oh, God, don't do that, the bakery can't handle, you know, can't do it, they can actually see why it's an issue, why that's a problem, or, and they can work together to solve problems as well, Indeed. which yes. makes everybody feel better. Excellent. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a team, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you get to see, literally, when you ask somebody a question here, if they can't answer it themselves directly, they should be able to go into another section and say... How is that done? Yes. What is that? How is it made? Um, and they should be able to find the information out from someone that's doing it. So I think that's also really nice. Fantastic. Superb. Well, you've talked about um, challenges in the business. Is, sure. there anything, is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you started? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, staff uh, taking on employees, uh, it's, it's astounding how, how much time it can take up Um, and I think that's something that and speaking to other business owners as well that you just I don't think you anticipate or appreciate and that could be you know one to now I I employ 14 people yeah Um, and as I said amazing it's not not the the staff themselves of course no it's the time time, the admin the the dealing with you know uh, holiday pay there's a a whole swathe of things that um, I think go hand in hand with that that's no different if you're a small business to if you're a multi-million pound business Indeed. you know the, the rules and regulations the and rules what you have to do are exactly the same but, but the multi-million pound business may have, have a, may have an people. hr department <laughs> yeah, whereas exactly, you are exactly. you are the hr department yeah. as well and so i think like it's i think that's a huge learning curve for yourself as well to 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 learn to to deal with people and delegate and and be comfortable that you can't do everything yourself. Indeed. Like I mean, it's impossible. Like, and is there anywhere you have that... to let go? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you do. You do. Is there anywhere that's um, been very helpful to you in terms of getting advice or expertise or support? Um, I mean, to be honest, like I don't take for granted that I do get on with people that, that own businesses that are so similar in many ways to me um, I also I, for a couple of years went to a, a, an informal networking group called the Lean In Network and that I met lots of similar well like minded people I yes. think our businesses were very diverse and it's always amazing when you meet other people that are from a completely different sector to you you all have the same issues well, uh, whether it be customer service staff, uh, supplies you know as much as the, they might be completely different businesses, different, different sectors totally different but things. the issues but that you have to yeah, deal with yeah. yeah and so sometimes it's just nice to hear that other people have those issues mm. and it's not just you tearing your hair out going going crazy so so learn from yeah. other people running I businesses so. of perhaps similar size even if they're they're totally different yeah, sectors yeah, yeah i think it's because it's really hard actually to find you know to find people that are going through the same growth as, as you maybe you might be like oh can i can i go visit somebody that that will do the same thing but even if they have been through a similar process it'll still be 
totally different to yours, Quite. and the way that they deal with it might be totally different to yours. So I think it's worth trying to trying to just talk to a few. And I mean, most people are quite open and honest yes. about what they're doing, and don't mind you asking questions. And you know, I think it's it's not I'm not precious about the business. It's not it's nothing secretive. Well, a common a common thread that runs through this program is that people who we interview who are running businesses that are successful and by which by successful I mean the business is where they want it to be mm-hmm. um, people often talk about the benefits of simply asking for advice absolutely getting soundings from other people yeah and 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 not being th- threatened necessarily that whole thing about competition and, and it can, you know it can be really difficult like really difficult you've all got overheads you've all got you know everyone's got costs yes. you've got your business rates you've got all these things um, but sometimes you know you as long as I think I'm really sure about what I'm trying to provide people and to sell to people and I try and make you know everyone all the staff have the same mentality and they do otherwise they, it wouldn't work no. um, you know they have to be in, you know, invested in what you're trying to do and so people you know people notice that and I think they you know they appreciate that and it makes it much easier and somebody else could be doing something similar close to you but they're not you and they're not you they're not trying they'll never do exactly the Indeed. same thing because yeah. you know two people doing the same making the same bread won't do the same thing one person will like one and one person will like another and you just have to try and be sure enough about the one that you're trying to make um, and hope that people will buy it so yeah well there's a lesson there it applies to all sorts of independent businesses as well Um, whether people listening are running a um, uh, a shop or a cafe or whether they're running say a graphic design business and there are hundreds of graphic design business That's but it. what you do it's what tough. you do and your customers are buying your expertise and um, they're also invested in that relationship with you and the way you personally yeah. do things as well so I think it, it, it's really interesting how, how that applies and how it applies to independence yeah I think so um, like you know lots of people know people's names and know yes. and, and they'll know other you know staff's names because they might you know they might see them once twice a week at least and so you know you're gonna you're gonna recognize people and, and their children and, yeah. and everything so you might not you know you don't know them necessarily in lots of capacities but you certainly know them in your little world and what they what they want from you yes um, but yeah I think it can be it can be really hard uh, but well sounds as though the business has gone from strength to strength mm-hmm. since moving down the road taking on the old shadow marrow and, mm-hmm. and um, expanding but still staying true to baking fantastic <laughs> individual <laughs> bread as well and, and what a year it's been clearly for you and great plans ahead for 2016 yeah. and I can recommend to listeners pop in for an absolutely delicious cup of coffee if you like coffee or cakes or food mm-hmm. in the cafe and come and, in, come and, uh, come and buy some, some, some tasty food Laura, thanks so much for thank joining you. us on the programme today and all the best, thank no you No worries, thank you very much 
This is Business Live on Sheffield Live, 93.2 FM and sheffieldlive.org. Business Live is our weekly programme about business and social enterprise. We'll be back next Friday. That was an interview recorded on Wednesday with Laura Bullock of Seven Hills Bakery. We've also heard from Sam Chapman of The Flow and from Angakara and Zach Ahmed of Learn, Create, Sell. Next up on Sheffield Live, our fantastic folk music show. Thank goodness it's folk from 10am all the way through to noon. So st- stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening today. Thanks also to Sangeet in the studio as sound engineer. Thank you. We'll be back next week.